friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. So today on the show, I'm so excited to welcome Courtney Westlake of CourtneyWestlake.com. And Courtney and I have actually gotten the chance to meet and hang out in person, which is super fun. I've gotten to meet her family and she got to meet Holden. And Courtney, she's been blogging since 2011. She has an awesome blog. She shared a lot about her story of being a mom to Brenna, who has a very rare skin condition condition and special need. And Courtney's an author, but she has now transitioned into freelance work online as well. And so Courtney has a ton of wisdom to share with us. And I know you all are just going to love our chat. So welcome to the show, Courtney. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure. So Courtney, for those ladies out there listening who maybe haven't heard of you before, I feel like most of our brilliant business moms have, but I... I'm sure there are a few who haven't. Tell us a little bit about how you got started online and what your first kind of online endeavor was. Sure. Well, I feel like probably most people, if they've heard of us, have probably been to my blog, which I started when our daughter Brenna was born in late 2011 and diagnosed with a rare and severe skin disorder, as you said. And I just started blogging to update family and friends and then people kept reading more and more and I just kept writing and it was a great way for me to process what I was going through as a mom, a new special needs mom. And so that just grew and grew and in 2014 I met a literary agent who signed with me and in 2015 I signed a contract for a book. So my book came out last year in August 2016, it was called A A Different Beautiful. So yeah, it's just kind of taken this crazy journey all the way until now. Yeah. And Courtney, I've read your book and I absolutely love it. You are... Thank you. You're welcome. You are a very talented writer. And I know that writing is, is one of your passions. Tell me a little bit more about how your book launch went and maybe for those women listening who they love writing too and they're thinking about potentially monetizing their platform with a book do you mind kind of giving us the the nitty-gritty on that like is that something you'd recommend for others so there's just a lot of different ways you can go with publishing and i actually self-published a children's book i think it was in 2014 so i kind of have that you know, side of the experience of doing everything myself. And then my adult book, A Different Beautiful, was traditionally published. So it was such a different experience. And I think if for those who are interested in writing a book, possibly, I think you just need to think about what your goal is. For me, it was a message that I wanted to get out. And it was, it's not Going the traditional route generally isn't a super lucrative endeavor by any means. I did get an advance to write the book. And then that is kind of what they anticipate that you will sell in the first year. And once you kind of make up that advance, then you start earning royalties on your book, which are not very much at all. I think it was maybe it's maybe 15% of the book's uh, sales. So it's not, you know, 
a, a lot of money. And, you know, I think it's easy to look at some of the big time authors who are hitting the bestsellers list and see the success they have. But for a lot of, especially first time authors, you know, you don't earn probably a very much money, I would say. But if you went your own route, you know, with ebooks or self-published books, you do have the potential to make a lot more of your own money, but it might not go as far. Because obviously with a traditionally published book, I was in, you know, Barnes and Noble across the country and in Canada and Australia. So that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And I have to say, uh, you know, as an outsider looking in, I was so impressed with your book launch. To me, it seemed like, (laughs) it seemed like, I mean, well, first of all, you have very sizable followings on social media and, you know, you've just built great relationships with your blog readers over the years. So it seemed to me like everything was going amazing. And in terms of like getting your message out there, it seems like you, you know, you absolutely accomplished that goal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And my publisher was thrilled. So that, you know, that made me proud. And I was just, I, it was the most amazing thing to get the kind of feedback from other people saying how much they learned from it and how much it helped them. So that definitely, you know, was my main goal anyway. So it was a wonderful experience and, and the launch did go really well, but it was a lot of work. So <laughs> it isn't every, every launch is like that, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although, I mean, sometimes it gets easier. I, so this is a total side note. Like, so this past, like my Facebook ads course launch, I have to say I've worked the least on a launch nice. <laughs> this time, but, but I kind of feel, and I need to like debrief with my team. I'm pretty sure they all worked like <laughs> crazy, crazy okay. because I was, I kind of was working like way less out of necessity because of Levi yeah. and just my schedule. And so because of that, I feel like I offloaded a ton yeah. <laughs> onto my my team. Yeah, and being able to delegate is helpful. And I had a launch team manager that I was able to delegate a lot to. So that does make it a lot better. Plus, I'm like for you with your, you know, Facebook course launch and everything, you probably have a lot of it automated by now since you've done similar things like that before and done that before. Yeah, that's true. That does help when it's a product that's been launched before. I'm always, I probably reinvent the wheel more than I should. But yeah, there are definitely pieces where it's like, okay, we did this last year. We'll do that again this year. So yeah, that does help. Okay, so Courtney, it's been great hearing about your book and how you used your incredible talent for writing to just spread your encouraging message to everyone with a different beautiful, but I know you've you've shared with me behind the scenes that you've actually started doing freelance work online as well. And you had mentioned to me that you you realized, I guess, a few months ago that with 15 hours a week of your freelance work, you had replaced the old income that you made from your full-time job that you had before before you had kids. And so I was like, holy cow, (laughs) Courtney, you need to come on the podcast and tell everyone what you're doing (laughs) and, and how all of that is, is happening for you. Yeah. I, I worked in PR at a local university before I had kids. And then I started staying home uh, when I had my son, Connor, who's eight now. And I started freelancing then, but it was just for a little, you know, little magazines like here and there that really didn't 
pay much. And I did some portrait photography. And like a lot of people you probably talk to and Brilliant Business Moms just kind of trying everything to see what sticks. And, you know, when Brenna was born, it really, I had to kind of step away from a lot of the stuff I was doing outside of the house um, because of her special needs. And it was just very consuming for a really long time. And so I kind of got the chance to start over again. And at first it was just blogging, but then I got to, got the chance to start writing again, you know, as the kids got a little bit older and um, I was able to start writing for different publications and then for companies. And that is what I found was really had a lot of potential for high income. And so it's just grown and grown. And I kind of made the decision last January that I was just going to go for it. I was just going to focus on this. And I got really excited about it. And it's been going so well. And I've got, I think, four really good regular clients and then a few others with less regular work, but still ones that I really want to work with. And it's just been going really well. And now my kids are in school all day. So I've been able to take on more, which has been a blessing to our family. And it's just, it's allowed me to use my creativity and uh, my passion for writing in a way that earns, you know, earns a decent income. Yeah, absolutely. I I just love that. Okay, so I'm really curious about what writing for businesses entails. Like what kind of writing are you doing? A lot of people call it content marketing. And so I, I do blogs for companies. I do email newsletters. I do just, you know, website writing. I've redone, you know, companies' whole websites before all the different pages and kind of helped them create a site map of their site and go through all the different pages that they want revamped. And for my regular clients, it's kind of become to where I'm a almost a marketing consultant for them too, in addition to doing the writing, because I'm able, you know, they can bounce ideas off of me. And since I love to learn about all the different marketing and online, online, you know, media and writing and, and sales and stuff that I, I feel like I've become a pretty good resource for them too. So it, it's kind of like a win-win for everybody. I love that. I have to admit, it sounds like a pretty fun gig. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and you'll have to let me know if you mind sharing or not, but like, what are the kinds of businesses that you are working for and doing writing for? Sure. I'm doing writing for a construction company, a, a mid-sized bank, a content marketing agency that specializes in education writing. So I've been working with a couple different schools through them. So doing the school's writing and a nonprofit. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'd love to hear how you got your first writing gig. Oh, first writing gig. So like I said, in January, I made a decision that I was just going to go for it. And so I just started emailing my different contacts locally, people that I, you know, had worked with before, just was involved, you know, in different things in the community. And I just kind of outlined why I thought they should hire me, uh, what, you know, ideas I had for their companies. And, you know, a lot of them did say, you know, thanks, we'll keep you in mind, but, you know, we don't really need you right now. But then I, I got a couple of companies who wanted help with their websites. And so those were my first probably big gigs that I got. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And 
I've just always tried to the last few months, like really take the initiative and go for the ones that I've really wanted to work for. So like I mentioned that education job that I've been doing through the marketing agency. Well, she had put out on a freelance forum that, you know, she was looking for some help and some had some jobs to pass off to other writers. And a lot of people were like, oh, I'll send you a private message. But I went to her website. I Googled and found her website and I found her email and I looked over her website and I sent her a very personal email, you know, noting different things from her website that I really liked and and that I could relate to. And I just kind of tried to develop the rapport with her. And I kind of outlined my experiences, how I thought I could help her. And she emailed me right back and was like, oh, this sounds great. Let's set up a time to talk. Let's do this. And and so I feel like I kind of probably beat out all those different people who were just commenting because I took that next step to go directly to her through email. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's such a a great idea. And definitely those that personal connection, that taking that extra time, oh, it makes yeah, a huge difference. Exactly. I know, yeah, like I know for me, like I get, I don't necessarily get a lot of pitches for people that want to work for me necessarily, but I get, you know, a lot of just different collaboration requests and things like that. And you can tell so easily (laughs) when someone has gone the extra mile versus someone who hasn't. And, and And really someone who's like literally sent the same email to thousands of people or whatever. And you're just like, Honestly, those I'm just like, delete. Yes. I'm not, I mean, I don't even have time to respond. Yeah. <laughs> no. But that's, that's awesome. I love that. Okay, so here's uh, something that I think a lot of business moms struggle with. And I have to say, even for me, like if I, I really don't do like consulting, but on the rare occasion that I've said, okay, I can do a coaching call for, you know, someone and I share my rate, I'm always like, like yes. it makes me so nervous and so uncomfortable and I feel like I don't know if I'm actually worth this or not how like did you struggle with any of that and and what did how did you handle oh it? yeah I still do yeah I actually just quoted somebody this morning and I was like "Ooh, I don't know like this I I just had a feeling that he because he was like a single entrepreneur and he had kind of mentioned like this wasn't a huge money making thing for him which was for probably my first red flag but but i quoted him what i i didn't decide to go down just because i thought he couldn't pay as much i quoted him what i wanted to be paid and and you know he told me well that's significantly more than other people i'm talking to and i i think my take was just like well you get what you pay for right so and I, I've felt that way about a lot of different, you know, creatives. And there's a reason people probably are paying that. If, and if you're not willing to pay that, then then that's fine. And if you don't see the value, that's fine. But a lot of people do see the value in what I'm bringing to the table. So now, and it's especially a lot easier when I kind of have a fuller load. So I don't need the a new job necessarily. I would like a new one if it's a good fit and a good income. But if you don't need it, you can be a little more picky. And, and I have dealt with that just over the last nine or 10 months, even just building up to the clientele that I really want to work for. So, you know, even just the, the last couple of months, I've landed a couple of really good clients that are going to provide regular work and that I've really been wanting to work with. So it just, it does take time, I think, to get to where you want to be. But I think that you need to figure out, you know, what 
what is worth it for you to work for that. Because for me, this has taken time away from, you know, my family and for caring for other things in our lives and other things I could be doing. So, you know, I really want to make this worth my time. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit on something really important there, which is, you know, our time is really valuable. And, you know, in each, of course, you know, each person has to decide for themselves, like, what is my time worth? And like you said, how badly do I need this work (laughs) versus not need it? Or, you know, but conversely, um, even that job where you may be saying like, well, I really need extra work. Well, if you take the, this lower paying job this week, what if your dream job comes along, you know, next week and you're a little bit too swamped to really, you know, make the most of it or wow that new client. So, there's definitely trade-offs there. Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay, so related to charging what you're worth, have you raised your rates since you first got started in January and as you've you know gained more clients? I would say probably yes, but it's a little hard to quantify that because all the projects have varied so much that I would say, you know, different clients and, you know, some I'm still getting, I'm getting paid hourly, but it's a high enough hourly rate that I am, I'm really happy with it. And, and other ones just pay me per project. So I would say I'd probably raise my rates per project and I'll only take on projects that I'm really excited about. Cause you know, you, when you hear about a project, you know, if it's like, uh, heck yes, I'm going to do this. This sounds awesome. Or like, I don't know, like maybe, you know, I've, I've just started going with my first instinct on stuff like that. Cause it definitely, I think is accurate with how much you're going to want to do that project and want to sit down and have to do it, you know? So yeah, I would say definitely my rates have gone up a little bit since January and, and more importantly, I've landed regular clients cause I love having, <laughs> knowing that I'm getting that regular income every week and month is really nice. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) So I'm curious, what does a project look like for you? Would that be something like a project would be, hey, I'm going to help you with these five pages on your website or hey, I'm going to help you write for emails? Yeah, I would say I, I definitely do a variety of projects, but definitely some of the main ones would be, you know, some clients want their website completely updated. And so, yeah, I will go through and kind of help make a site map of the different pages that they want to have and what kind of content they want on those pages. And then I'll write the content for those. And, you know, I do a lot of blog posts for clients. So typically clients will either kind of give me an idea and let me run with it, doing all the research and everything, or they'll give me kind of talking points they want included. And usually all this is ghostwritten, which means that they're pretending like they wrote it (laughs) and I'm actually writing it. So a lot of my projects I don't get like credit for, which is fine with me. And so I'll kind of write it in their voice. So that's been kind of a lesson in writing too, is adapting my voice to be like my client's voice for these variety of clients that I have. So that's been really fun too. Yeah. You kind of get to like put on a different costume depending on (laughs) who you're working for at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And like one new project that I've been doing is a case study so I've been working with my clients' clients. So I've been interviewing them about the job that my client did for them. 
and then writing about that to use for marketing purposes. So it's almost like I'm doing a journalistic story based on my interview with them and just making my client look really good. So that's been really fun. Yeah, that is really cool. So Courtney, with all of your freelance work that you're doing that is going so well, are you still blogging and working on kind of your personal brand or has that taken a back burner as you've done more freelance work? I am still blogging a little bit. I did take a break over the summer, which was kind of nice and helped me ramp up my freelancing while I still had the kids at home, which can be hard to work with. But I am still blogging a little bit. I'm really not sure where I want to go with it. I do have a new idea for an ebook I've been working on that I'm really excited about. So I'm not really sure I want to, you know, just walk away from that. So I'll see where that takes me. But I'm when I think about what I want to be doing, I'm more excited about writing for other people. I have just decided I prefer the business to business model more than the business to consumer model for my writing. And, you know, I think it can be natural for us to look at what others are doing in our field or our niche and think that these are the steps I need to take to be successful. But, you know, as I'm talking to more and more people, I'm seeing that there really is never truly one clear path you have to take. So I just started defining, you know, what my success looked like and what I wanted my days to look like. And when I kind of thought about what I wanted my days to look like, it was really clear that I wanted to be working on, you know, writing projects for other people. Hmm. Okay. I really love that, Courtney. I love the way you just kind of took a step back and said, you know, wait a second, I don't have to do what other people have done. I don't have to follow someone else's path to success. You know, I can do what feels best for me and and most enjoyable too. I, I feel like a lot of people have that idea in their heads that running a business that has like some sort of passive income product is like the ultimate pinnacle and that that's what we should all be like striving for, you know? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, there's actually still a lot of work involved in any of those, any product that you sell, really. There's nothing that's really passive income. But it's, yeah, it's just funny. It's like, well, that's not everyone's dream, you know? Like if you don't, if you don't love customer service or you don't, want to hire someone to do that, well, then you may not want to sell products <laughs> or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of trade-offs or like you said, you know, you, you love just working on these projects for other business owners and you get to wear different hats and create different types of content. So I think that's really, really fun. Yeah. I think that, like you said, nothing is really a hundred percent passive because you constantly have to be out there and be promoting it in some way, even if it's just, you know, writing your own blog posts or, or just staying in front of people. You always have to stay in front of people if you want them to eventually buy your stuff. And I just realized that was not really the model that I wasn't sure I wanted to go that route. Hmm, gotcha. Yeah, I definitely, I have to say, I I see a lot of influencers online and 
it overwhelms me to think about how present they are online <laughs> and i'm i'm constantly like evaluating like okay do i have to do that to be <laughs> successful cuz like if i have to do that i'm pretty sure i'm out like right now you know right. <laughs> like yeah i yeah there's definitely like you said it's it's a matter of like deciding for ourselves like what am i comfortable with what brings me joy how can i make whatever it is i'm doing for my work my business to like work with my life you know not the other yeah, way around exactly I and I love I have to say Courtney I love having on freelance guests <laughs> because I feel like there's not there's like not enough of you <laughs> that or at least not not enough of you like are come to my attention for me to like have on the show and I just think well cuz I think it's the whole you know and it just goes against what people when they think like I want to have my own business and you know yeah, yeah. So anyways, it's been yeah, it's it's fun. I'm I'm excited for this interview. I think everyone's gonna gonna really enjoy it and realize like yes. light bulbs are gonna go off. Yeah, like, oh wait, totally. you mean I don't yeah. have to like build a hundred thousand Instagram followers and you know <laughs> to build my business? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I've you know, the more I've just the more I've talked to other copywriters and gotten to know other copywriters, it it feels like the potential for income is just huge if if you wanted to make it that which is so different than you know obviously a regular nine to five job and it's I know it's a service oriented business instead of a product oriented business so there's only so much scale you can do unless you want to start hiring on other people but you can obviously increase your prices as much as you want to if people are willing to pay that and so I've just found that it works so well with like the lifestyle that I want to have working part-time from home so that I can still be there for my family and, you know, go volunteer in my kids' classrooms and things like that, that I don't have to hustle all day and be, you know, present online all day. This is just working really well and bringing in a really decent income for us. Yeah, I love that. And like you said, I mean, the potential for copywriter income is huge. I mean, I know there are copywriters that charge like $1,000 an hour. <laughs> so I mean, so if we're talking about, you know, like, oh, sure, you're limited dollars for hours or hours for dollars, but like, that's a pretty high <laughs> ceiling. So yeah, no, a lot of the ones I know are making a hundred grand or more a year. So it's it's exciting to think about. Okay, Courtney. So I think I, I feel like we've talked up how great freelancing can be quite a bit and how it's so nice, like it fits in your schedule and your hourly rate is fabulous. But I'm sure there are some downsides as well. So I'd love it if you had maybe a negative aspect of freelancing or maybe a client that didn't work out so well, something like that, that you could share with everyone. Yeah. And now that you say that, I'm thinking about a client I actually worked with a while ago, like years ago. So it was a small project, but she was referred to me through a friend I know personally, locally. And so I thought, oh, this this will be fine. So I did a couple press releases for her and a few things like that. And then I billed her and she didn't respond. And I kept billing, you know, I kept 
emailing her and calling her and she just disappeared off the face of the earth and I never got paid and I was super sad about it for a really long time. I just felt really dumb not to have gotten some sort of deposit or something. I don't know if I could have prevented that, but I have been a lot more careful because of that. And I'm glad it was a small project and not, you know, a huge website or something. So lesson learned Hmm. to go through referrals and get a contract sign or just an agreed upon, you know, timeline for payment or something, a deposit. I don't know, but I definitely have been a lot more careful because of it. Yeah, that is, that is really stinky. That's like, yeah, yeah. especially the whole, like, she like ghosted you, you know? I know. (laughs) I still think about her sometimes and wonder what she's doing and if I could try to track her down still. Oh, bummer. (laughs) Well, now I feel kind of bad, like, ending on that. On that note, (laughs) but turn it around. You have lots of amazing clients now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Who do pay you and pay you on time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, Courtney, this has been great. I just, I, I love, I love hearing the stories of moms who have maybe taken a path that others haven't necessarily thought about, particularly, you know, someone like you that built up a a pretty sizable blog audience and following, but yet you found some other work that you love just as much, if not more. And so, yeah, I just, I loved hearing from you. As we wrap up, I always love to ask my mamapreneurs this question. Do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment that you could share with us? Yes. (laughs) So what first comes to mind is about a week ago, I had made burritos for my family. And my son, Connor, was talking about how much he loved the tacos at school, which were meat and cheese wrapped in a soft shell. And I was like, well, surely he'll like these burritos that are meat and cheese wrapped in a soft shell. So I put them in front and he's, of course, like, gagging on them saying how terrible they are. <laughs> it, I mean, he was respectful about it, but it was really frustrating. So I was like, what? Why are these? What? You know what? He's like, I don't, I don't like these. I'm like, well, how? How are these different from the ones at school? Aren't they made of the exact same thing? Like, tell me how these are different. And he's like, well, the schools are good. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, that's my that's my um, fail as as a chef trying to emulate the cafeteria food apparently. <laughs> I know. Cafeteria for the win. <laughs> I know. We work so hard as moms. And then it's like, oh, they just want the cafeteria food. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I have to say, too, I mean, after having met your kids, I'm sure you have loads of both funny and adorable moments that happen all the time. <laughs> your kids yeah, are. They're, they're pretty cute. They're pretty cute. Yeah. yeah. And it was so fun seeing them play with Holden. They all got along so well. Yeah. It was. It was really sweet. <laughs> well, thank you again, Courtney, for hanging out with me today. This was so much fun. Oh, and it was so much fun. Before we go, where's the best place for people to find you online, or if they are interested, maybe in hiring you to be their copywriter? Oh. <laughs> 
I, my blog is just CourtneyWestlake.com and I have a writing website at WestlakeWrites.com. And then I'm also at Instagram. It's just C Westlake is my username. And my Facebook page is Facebook.com slash Blessed by Brenna, which is our daughter. And yeah, so I would love to connect with all your fellow brilliant business moms. I love your, your Facebook group and your blog. And it's just been great to get to know other people through that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thanks for having me. It was so much fun. Before you go, I would love it so much if you would take just a minute to leave Brilliant Business Moms a rating and review. You know, it sounds like a silly thing to ask for, but believe it or not, iTunes really looks at those rating and reviews in terms of where they rank our podcast in search and in different podcast categories. So by simply taking a minute, telling us what you think of the show, it lets other brilliant business moms just like you find our podcast and they get to tune in every week. So you're doing not just us a favor, but you're doing a lot of other fabulous moms just like you a favor too.